Hey, hey, and welcome to another podcast, Valley Sunday. I am one of your hosts, Chris Paco. And I'm your other host, Jeff Cameron. How's it going, Jeff? Pretty good, pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. How about you? Good, good. As everyone can tell, if you're listening in real time, we've uh, screwed it up again and are late. <laughs> Which, you know, everything's getting so busy. It's kind of a kind of a good thing, perhaps. We're wrapping this this up because we're, we're really slacking off here. This is, and I just, I just don't want it to end. I'm having such a good time. <laughs> yeah, we just keep postponing it to keep, to keep it <laughs> <That's> around. <laughs> but okay, so now we are in. Well, here we'll start off here saying this is going to be the randomatic countdown that we've Ooh, got yes. going on here. And as we, as everyone, of, courtesy of the wool hat of mystery. Yes, yes. And uh, if you've been following along, we've been going all the way from the. I f- what, what number did we even start with here? I, I forget. At this I think point. it was uh, 167. So, yeah, we went all the way back to 167 of Monkey's songs, ranked them, and now we are in the top 20, kids. This is the all star team right here, folks. It is. There's no more stinkers. I, you, actually, you know what? I, I, uh, I might have spoken too soon. Not a stinker, but I've got some, some issues with one of the songs in the top 20. I got a, just a little preview for you. Oh, wow. That's we yeah. call that a tease in the business box. I was gonna say, if this was like on the side of like your email, it would say top twenty monkey songs. Number seventeen will surprise you <laughs> because oh, boy. I've got things to say. And and the funny thing is, number seventeen that's my favorite number, and and it's it's huh. the stinker I think. But anyway, we'll oh. get to it in a couple songs. Wow! All right then, <laughs> we're uh, gonna start off here at number twenty with an awesome, awesome song. I gotta say, everybody's favorite star collector. Give her an autograph and tell her it's been nice knowing you. She's a star collector. She only aims to please young celebrities. Yes, she's a star. It is a good one. It is a, a good one. one. Off of uh, Pisces, Aquarius, Capricorn, and Jones, a Goffin and King number. Another one up high on the charts here, sung by none other than Sir Davy Jones. And he he's perfect for it. His voice is amazing in it. It's uh, just a, a fantastic song. The banging organ bursts, filling out the snare hits, yeah. like on the three, they're fantastic. And, and the bass holding it down the whole time. It's true. It is good. And uh, you mentioned why it's a good fit for Davy. I think you can relate to the subject matter, perhaps. Perhaps I was if, if yeah if he would be bothered by being uh, someone's star collection, or if it like hurts his little British feelings that she used him. But it's an interesting perspective that, uh, like, no, she's not into the man I am. She's just it's just because I'm a star. Babe. Yeah, I could see that. I but you could also, David could have a song called like Civilian Collector. <laughs> <laughs> he just works his way through the populace and uh, you mentioned the wicked awesome instrumentation on here this is uh one of the tunes that features early use of the moog synthesizer mm-hmm. and on this one it's performed by paul beaver who was kind of like the the moog salesman who got mickey on the hook for one of these bad boys and he kind of he plays it like Peter said in the box set notes, he, he thinks it's like a flute or something. Yeah. And he just kind of plays it like a, a traditional kind of instrument. 
Yeah, it's really interesting to hear the way this and the other song that it's on daily, nightly, which might be coming up soon. Maybe. Um, how the the difference in them by somebody who knows quote unquote what he's doing with it and someone who doesn't, but the person who doesn't make it makes it sound more interesting as an For instrument real. than the person who does. Absolutely. Yeah, but it's a uh, yeah, fantastic. I love the Mickey bye byes at the end. <laughs> That's a fun part. Yes. <laughs> I don't even know why it's so great, but it's just awesome. And uh, yeah, I don't think anyone else singing it would have been as uh, perfect as as uh, Davey singing it. Agreed. Sweeto. Okay, so now that'll bring us down to the teens finally, and uh, we've got one we just mentioned, Daily Nightly. Holy shit, what a song. It is incredible. Uh, yet another Mike Nesmith pen tune, and yet another one that he hands the vocals over to uh, Mr. Mickey Dolenz. Yeah, and uh, it's trippy, and it's weird. It has so many cool sounds and instruments. The lyrics are dense but deep, but apparently have no meaning. If you're listening to our <laughs> review of the Mickey show, and he t- talked about what he, a- he asked Mike what it meant. So when I got the lyrics and I was going to sing the song, I said to Nez, Nez, these are incredible words. This is beautiful poetry. What does it mean? He said, how the hell should I know? I was ripped. (laughs) But it it fits with the instrumentation and the the general vibes of the time. And... uh, it fits really good on the type of album that Pisces Aquarius, Capricorn, and Jones is. Yeah, there's a, it's a lot going on, a lot of adventure, and I think uh, at some point we mentioned how this song and the previous song, Star Collector, are like kind of a lost double A side for the Monkees. I was gonna say that exact same thing. It they go together perfectly. I couldn't imagine them not being together. Like mm-hmm. if I hear one, I want to hear the other one. Yeah, they both have the similar videos, quote unquote videos. Yeah. From when the songs appear on the show. Like similar enough where I think like Star sometimes I catch myself thinking Star Collector is like the black and white one. But it's not. <laughs> Daily Nightly is in uh really um harsh contrast black and white. Mm-hmm. Just on a the darkened monkey's set. It looks like they're in some weird little studio space. But no, they're just at the pad. But it just <laughs> yeah. looks like they're elsewhere. And one thing we didn't mention with Star Collector, just to go back, you mentioned the videos. That has the one where they're all playing the invisible instruments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a cool little thing to throw in. And uh, yeah, just made the whole song even cooler because it's kind of like this kind of avant-garde-y kind of video. It was cool. And like Mike, there's a a toque just on like a little horn or something. No one's one's wearing the toque. Yeah. Is it just kind of just there? It's just there. Yeah. The wool hat. Really awesome. I wonder what Daily Nightly would have sounded like if Mike sang it instead of handing it off to Mickey. Ah, that's a good question. I think so, it could have like the the writing wrongs kind of vibe to it. You know what uh-huh. I mean? The, the affected and echoey vocals. Absolutely. Like, um, there has to be, considering the amount of 
tapes and deep cuts that are out there. I've, there's got to be a demo or something of uh, Mike playing the song. We just haven't come across it yet. Yeah. So if it, if anybody has that, and you're like, give us a link. <laughs> let's let's find this song because I'd love to hear it. <laughs> For real. So that's daily nightly. Our number nineteen here at the Randomatic Countdown, a podcast Valley Sunday. Up next at number eighteen, we got a going down. Choking in the river with a saturated liver, and I wish I could forgive her, but I do believe she meant it when she told me to forget it, and I bet you will forget it when you find me in the morning, wet and drowned, and the wood gets round. Going down, going down. Man, always a blast to listen to this song. Absolutely, man. It's uh, it's just it puts the video in your head right away, mm-hmm. make you dancing around. Yeah, and uh, it's just such a trip. The words per minute, it's just <laughs> blistering. For real, man. It's vocal delivery, unreal. You know, goes without saying with Mickey, but this song's even mm-hmm. higher up on that ladder, and it's a live staple. And he yes. pulls it off. He lets the audience sing the verse sometimes pull someone yeah. out of the crowd it's awesome when they nail it <laughs> it's very cool they do it at almost every show but i don't think they did it last time we, we, we seen them did they? no no because i was waiting for it it didn't it didn't happen yeah it's not like a hit hit, hit, hit. it's like a big time fan hit yeah oh definitely like if you're into the next level of the monkeys you you know and love this song and what it kind of represents i guess um and it's Written by Dan Hildebrand, who wrote a few things for the Monkees. And it's the B-side to Daydream Believer. Whew. I don't think it's on a proper album. That's crazy. It is kind of neat. And it's on the show several times. Like oh, yeah. Either opening or closing the show with just the Mickey video. And then there's that the one episode where there's that guy who's just kind of grooving when the, when um, during the cold open. He comes up on the guy kind of grooving to the tune. Yeah. And that's the last time he's cool at all. <laughs> and then it cuts to the boys on stage who are obviously just playing going down right yeah obviously <laughs> mickey doing the hep heps during the saxophone solo is awesome it's, oh man and, and, and the breakdown when it gets all quiet and he starts yeah. he goes there too that that's always fantastic and it builds 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 and then trumpet madness It'd be a great song for the band to play. Like if you're in the band, you know, with Mickey Dolans or the Monkees or whatever, and you're back there just ripping it. It's like, oh, yeah. You look forward to that for sure. Yeah, that's, that's, that's highlighted on the set list. Okay, so we're now here at number 17, uh, which we've kind of previewed. There's going to be some talk about it. <laughs> I'll just say the name of it, and then we'll go for it. Okay, She Makes Me Laugh from Good Times. She makes me laugh. Okay, now, I don't dislike She Makes Me Laugh. Like, I like it as a song. I think it's great on Good Times. I do enjoy it. Uh-huh. But it's at number 17 here. <laughs> and with the other Good Times songs, I think many, a f- at least a few of them should have been higher than this one. And I'm not really? saying they should have been in the top 15. I'm saying this one should have been, like, in the 30s of this countdown, I believe. And I wow. don't understand how it made it this high. Huh. 
I think I think we gave it a pass all the way up here due to um, the me regaling everybody about how amazing it was. I was I had just started a new job. It was late 2015. There was a new uh, a new Muppets TV show was coming out. Everything was coming up, CJ. You know what I mean? <laughs> I hear you. And then, like, on Facebook or something, it's Rhino Records or something that's just had shared that that video, like the comic book video, the lyric mm-hmm. video, but the lyrics are in the the bubbles of the comic book flying by. Yep. And it's like, holy shit, it's a new Monkeys record, <laughs> and and it's it's Mickey and it's Peter and it's Mike. And they're gonna have, there's a record coming out, a new bunch of music by the monkeys. And oh, Rivers Cuomo wrote this song for the monkeys. O to the MG. <laughs> this is neat. It was like a super big deal. And like, I, I, I must have watched it like a thousand times in a row. And it was just similar to Justice, and similar to how probably Pool it felt. It was like, this is out of nowhere. This is crazy. This is what this is what we always wanted, and I never thought it would happen. Like before, Justice came out, we were like, "You think Mike's ever gonna get together with the guys?" Like, nah, bullshit. No. Nah. And then, like by this time, by 2015, you're like, "Oh, it's, it's kind of it's it's got to be done. Maybe they're just doing some some tours and whatnot." And by this time, they had sort of been together and apart, but like for tours. But I didn't did not think they would make a new record. No, once Davey passed away, I didn't think we'd get any new monkeys, anything. And not honest. only that, it is like, it's not a record in the 80s that sounds like the 80s or a record in the 90s that sounds like the 90s. It's Good Times by the Monkeys, and it's a Monkeys record. 100%. Yeah, we've mentioned that when we talk about Good Times and why it's so much better than Poolit or than... Uh, Justice. And it is because the people that made it were fans of the Monkees, not fans of being a musician in the time they're in. Yeah, They pulled from people who were already kind of famous, which could have probably helped, who yeah. were true Monkees fans and wanted to to celebrate the real Monkees. And that's where yeah. it came out. And that's why I'm saying this is a great song. But even <laughs> is it better than going down Daily Nightly and Star Collector? You know what I mean? <laughs> I, to me, no. But this is where it is, and uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know how to review it without pointing <laughs> out that I think it's in the wrong spot. <laughs> Fair enough. Noted. Maybe it got goosed some points for kind of representing the Good Times Project as a whole because it's the, it was the first thing out, and the video is just so neat. <laughs> Agreed. I just, and it was... It was a cool way to do it because, yeah, you know, they're not, it's not like, like we said last time, it's not, they look like themselves dressed as old guys. They just use some old stuff, like the old comics. Yep. And it's, it fits. It sounds like monkey music and it, it looks good, sounds good, and it takes you there. Yeah, 100%. And hear lyrics like, uh, we'll have a dinner date tonight and play some Scrabble with the guys. You picture the guys. It's yep. just, it's just so much fun. Yeah, it's uh, 100% that what they did right with Good Times is not only was the music uh, nostalgic sounding, mm-hmm. they used all the visuals from the 60s and did these cool comic book cartoons, animation, animated things, mm. which 
was just such a brilliant move because you're not looking at them being like, oh, yeah, I see. Yeah, there they are again. They're looking older. It's like, no, there they are. They're the young monkeys that I remember. It just <laughs> connects you instantly and you don't have to realize time passed, mm-hmm. which I think was a really big check because like let's face it monkeys fans if you've been there since the beginning you're getting older and you maybe you don't want to be reminded that the monkeys are all old men and you see them running around on the beach and you're like yep yep this is the monkeys so that's number 17 under protest (laughs) she makes me laugh from good times yes and so just to put it into perspective it's right beside number 16 valerie You'll notice it's not ahead of Valerie. Yeah, I would have, I would have, we'd do this whole list over again. <laughs> be like, okay, we're starting at 167. What do we got? But anyway, back to Valerie at number 16. Every version of this song is awesome. Like, there's a whole bunch, but the best one to me is the buzzy guitar version. Absolutely. And when I put together the list for the YouTube channel of the Randomatic Countdown videos and the tracks, like sometimes I got the original song. Sometimes it's a deep cut alternate take, but I specifically just going by the thumbnails. I grabbed the Captain Crocodile episode video where Davey rises into the sky above the band <laughs> yeah. and Mike's rocking the double denim and they just rock this killer tune. However, this particular rendition of the video Shawshank's in the, the weedly deedly birds and the bees version of Valerie on top. Yep. And I, I feel utterly betrayed by that video. <laughs> it's like the one that, you know, with the horns and the, the weedly deedly guitar, yeah. that opening is unreal. Like, it is. You know what I mean? Like the guitar playing is out of this world. But that original, like when I got Missing Links Volume 2, that huh. version was on it. And it was like, if you could burn out CDs, I would have burned that song out. Yes. Because I could not get... It was, I was bouncing between that and like Ryu Shiyu. I thought yeah. they were just so amazing. But that, yeah. Because yeah. otherwise we only had that on like the VHS tapes. Yeah. Rewound and rewound and rewound and just watching it. And we, we learned it on guitar. Not so sure we learned the solo part. But the cool part about the buzzy intro show version is it still does have the weedly deedly guitar, but it just knocks you out later. Yeah. It comes at the end with, and then the and, horns are added in as well. And like, so, but like the weedly deedly at the start kind of just kills the whole thing. Ah. Yeah, I agree. Ah. If you start with Gives the buzzy guitar and then you play the weedly deedly in the middle, you're like, Whoa, where'd this come from? When you yeah. open with it, and then they come back to it. You're like, oh, yeah, this is cool. But, you know, it doesn't lift yeah, you all you, the way you up. You hit him with that fuzz box riff for a bit. And then you thought, you thought that guitar part was cool. Here's another one. Exactly. Weedly deedly, weedly do. Yeah. And we're talking about the instruments so much, but we're not talking about Davey's unreal vocal performance on this song. He's <laughs> perfect. It is strong. And it's a thing that like, when you, if you think of Valerie and you hear it in your head, 
like you get you get the, the chorus or whatever. But one thing to do is go back and listen to the vocals underneath, like the Valerie part and how they all like kind of go down yeah. as Davy goes up. And it's just there. Mm-hmm. It's an all around vocal assault of awesomeness. It is cool. And it is a, uh, a voice and heart number, just like a lot of these tunes. Mm-hmm. And um, it could have predated the Monkees Project itself. And that is probably voice and heart on the background vocals. Um, and you could tell, like, they, you know, they're fond of the song. Just by belting it out. It just, it's just such a, a good tune. Yeah, it's Opening awesome. with the riff and the, then the chorus. And then just some little tiny verses. Let's just get back to the riffs and the choruses pretty much. Like, the verses of the song are literally two lines. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. The girl I know, she makes me feel so good. I wouldn't live without her even if I could. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> get back to it. Get back to it. <laughs> yeah. And then when we, when we recently saw Mickey, they played it. And it was oh, awesome yeah. to hear it. Because yes. it was like, oh, sweet. And the guy played the Wheatley Dealy perfect. Uh-huh. It was awesome. Like, this is one of those monkey songs back when, like, there used to be FM oldies radio. This is one of the five or six monkey songs you'd hear every day. Hmm. If you like worked at a, a drugstore or something, that had the oldies on and you were listening for like eight hours, you'd hear a bunch of monkey songs. This would probably be one of them. And it would be probably the, the Weedly Deedly Birds and Bees, the monkeys version. 100%. Yeah. And uh, so there's that version. And there was, like you said, the Missing Links volume two version, which was the one from the show. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it was also out as a single off of. Uh, Birds and the Bees and the Monkeys, it peaked at number three. Oh. So I think this was the single after Daydream Believer that didn't go to number one. How did it not? I don't know. I bet you if it was the buzzy version, the buzzy version would have went all the way up, I think. All the way up. No doubts about it. That would have been Day Tripper, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> True enough. So yeah, Valerie, we had pulled it on episode six. Back when we were we youngins. The first in, weekend. Uh, it was the first weekend, no? Yes, the first weekend back in uh, August 2019. Yep. Crazy. That's turning into a long time ago, cuz. <laughs> Is it ever? I'd like to take a break here halfway through the episode. Normally, I talk about the, the stats of the tunes or whatever. But for now, this time, I'd like to... Uh, Give the podcast Valley Sunday bump to uh, to an in-house project that one of us is working on. You see, my cousin Chris Paco here. Hello. Has been working on a, a stop-motion animation version of Sabotage by the Beastie Boys, the video. And he could give you a little elevator pitch for it better than I could. Uh, <laughs> take it away, Paco. Okay. Hello, everybody. How are you? Uh <laughs> So yeah, we're wrapping this up. So just let you know what other future projects, I guess, if you want to keep hearing my voice at least, is uh, yeah, I'm making a remake of Sabotage. It's a stop motion thing. It's done like, close thing I'd say is like South Park style. Like it's all flat on the ground or on the table, made out of like construction paper and uh, cardboard and stuff. And uh, yeah, you can check it out if you're interested. I started this just... Uh, when it was like 2020, I guess, was when I first got the idea for it. And really? uh, I, thought, I thought you had it going before this. No? No. I guess not. Wow. No, no. Still, it's been quite a while. Yeah, it's been, it's coming up on three years. But I took like seven months off last year when I like 
got into that bike accident and I couldn't lift my arms for seven mm. months. So kind of cut into everything. Yeah, it really did. But yeah, so essentially I started off doing it. I wanted to get better at stop motion. And I figured if I copied something and saw how things moved, that would help me learn. And uh, I was trying to think of different things. And one day I thought of sabotage. And I like actually like stopped in my tracks when I thought of it. So I was like, <laughs> oh my God, that's perfect. Because Beastie Boys are my favorite band in the world. And, uh, and, it, uh, and it's like a, a cartoon anyway, that video. And so... <laughs> very, very much so. Yeah, I came home, I watched the video, and I thought, impossible, absolutely not. I can't do this. <laughs> but I couldn't stop thinking about it. And so I, I did some tests and jumped into it. I'm starting at shot yeah. one, and I'm going all the way to shot 129, because there's 129 mm -hmm. shots in that video. And yeah, previous to this, Paco had done a, a handful of stop motion projects with the cutouts and things, but nothing uh, to the scale or this level of detail. It's really incredible. Thank you. Um, and you could check it out at Corduroy Frames. Yep, Corduroy Frames on uh, Instagram or YouTube. I have every shot I have a making of video for. So from shot one all the way through with a couple little specials of behind the scenes stuff. So if you're, if you're cool. checking us out on YouTube, yeah, go over to Corduroy Frames. The Blu-ray is going to have like <laughs> 16 hours of bonus material for a, a two-minute rock and roll video. Exactly, because there's hours and hours of footage <laughs> for this. <laughs> but yeah, so that is what I'm working on. I'd really dig it if uh, you checked it out. And uh, yeah, that's what I got, I guess. <laughs> that's, I hope that was a good pitch. I don't know. I feel weird no, talking about another project on this project. So <laughs> It's all good because it is very cool. And similar to this, it's definitely a, a passion project, a labor of love. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, no, one's, no one's giving Paco a dime. He's, a, he's a doing this <laughs> yeah. for the love of the game, man, and for the love of the Beatsy Boys. Yeah. One thing I was thinking yesterday, it's like I have two jobs because I work on this like <laughs> for hours and hours at a time. And it's, yeah, just for fun to get better at it. And honestly, I can say because there's no pressure on it, like no one's like, uh -huh. I'm not doing it for, for a company or something like that. I, yeah. uh, this is like one of the most rewarding, fulfilling projects I've ever worked on. Like I, I love that. working on it and love trying to make it look as close as possible to the actual video. So <laughs> yeah, it's been very cool. And you can tell you're, you're learning as you go yeah. and it's just incredibly instructive and, it's really neat, and I really I've been digging watching you watching as it develops, and uh, I can't wait to see the finished project. Yeah, and if you want to see, I have uh, shots one to sixty up on my Instagram page, Corduroy Frames, and uh, it's not on YouTube yet because I don't have the rights to the song, so it would get taken down. But mm -hmm. on uh, Instagram, it's there with the song on my page, so check it out, everybody. That's right, folks at Corduroy Frames for this and other projects in the. Corduroy Paco oeuvre. And we're back. Number yes. 15 here at Podcast Valley Sunday. A random at a countdown. And it's kind of a big deal. It's I'm a Believer. Then I saw her face. Now I'm a believer. Now her trace. Hooked out in my mind. I bet a lot of people would think this is too low, I guess, as far as important songs for the monkeys. But I think for a lot of monkeys fans, you've heard it so many times mm -hmm. 
that it's just kind of like a part of you and you're going to hear it somewhere. So you don't always put it on your playlists or put it up high. Kind of. Yeah. And like when the, it was kind of everywhere and then it, there was the Shrek smash mouth thing. And then we kind of like, you kind of like distance yourself from it. Even as a monkey spray, like, eh, no, I'm a believer for a while. But for me, it's come all the way back around and I just love this goddamn song so much. (laughs) Yeah. There's, you can't really say anything bad about it. That's for sure. It's, it's going to all, it'll always be the song for the monkeys along with daydream believer. Like, I think if people are just pulling a song out by the monkeys, it'll be one of the believers. Mm -hmm. And like it used to be, last train to Clarksville used to be really up like in the top two songs. But I think the test of time, I think this has kind of come out on top, partially due to the Shrek Smash Mouth thing. Yep. And we pulled this way back on episode sixteen. Actually, we didn't pull it. We um, we decided to talk about it because of the episode we had just done. Mm-hmm. And it had, and when we talked about the episode. It was the fourth uh, episode in a row that I'm a Believer had been on. So we're like, let's talk about I'm a Believer. And because, you know, maybe a coincidence, but after those four shows, it was number one in the charts for the next seven weeks. That is crazy. Like, I don't know exactly now how things go with like songs on charts and stuff, but to have one song on the charts at number one for seven weeks, craziness. craziness look there was there was only like 64 songs out at the time this is <laughs> oh exactly early days of rock and roll you know yeah but yeah that's an amazing thing and it's a great song to be connected to mickey mm-hmm. obviously great song even like the riff in this song you don't really hear a lot of talk about that riff the i'm a believer riff guitar riff They're but really uh early. it's it's really cool mm-hmm. Like, I think it's uh, modified out of the hook from uh, Hard Day's Night. Like, in the middle of solo, there was that, that the tricky part. It's like, it's kind of influenced, sort of like, that just kind of turned inside out to give it kind of like a, a beetly flare. Yeah, probably. Probably. I think everything was trying to get a beetly flare <laughs> back in that time. <laughs> but it's like, this was a crazy pop hit, even though it contained lyrics like, uh, disappointment haunted all my dreams. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the occasional little, little dark strand of something in a, in a, in a Neil Diamond song, which it is obviously, oh, not obviously, maybe, sort of, a Neil Diamond song. I believe his highest charting song here on the countdown. I'd assume so. But yeah, and, uh, fantastic. What else is cool about it? Oh, the, the organ riff, that toodly organ riff. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. just like the weird little counter hook. There's the guitar hook. There's the, the vocal hook. There's the organ. It's like, it's just hook after hook after hook. Yeah. Like, it's like a song to be, a song that was written to be number one. Like it just yeah. made everything catchy. Yeah, man. And you hear this four Monday nights in a row. You're like, God damn. Yeah. <laughs> where can I get this dude? I need that 45. No joke. And then, uh, of course, it's on uh, more of the monkeys everybody's every monkey's least favorite album (laughs) (laughs) and uh it's right at the end of uh side one so not only they have to get the record you gotta listen to all the other tunes or you just drop the needle right on the near the middle of the record or near the near the end there and the video on the countdown is like on the, the vinyl 
I got you know one of those videos where the dude slips it out of the sleeve and it's that that pea soup green version. <laughs> yep, I've got that record, one. Yep, where they they drop the needle right near the end, and uh, I like it because um, it's a cool mix of the song, but also it looks like the boys are watching their record go around. <laughs> the, the cover is standing behind the thing, and they got the J.C. Penny clothes on. Yeah, the dreaded J.C. Penny. <laughs> But you cannot deny it's such a good tune. Such a good tune. It is. And oh, yeah, one last note on I'm a Believer. That's a series wrap on more of the monkeys. Ooh. Good showing. Good showing. A a final bow for a very important record in uh, history of rock and roll and pop culture and whatnot. Definitely. That's what prompted them to fight for their independence. And it paved the way for damn near everything else. Yeah, it really uh, changed the the monkeys' trajectory. That's for sure. Even though uh, I bet you many other actors who were singing those would have been like, "No, let's just do what we're doing. <laughs> who cares? Like whatever the frig." And then they just would have been the Archies or something. You know what I mean? They wouldn't have had this yeah, exactly reach. All right, so that brings us now to number fourteen with another good time. You bring the summer. shit on this masterpiece too Paco <laughs> no I feel you bring the summers where it should be on this countdown and Good. Uh, yeah I agree <laughs> it, it's it's got such a great monkeys vibe and the, the video again so perfect has such a cool look and feel similar to uh, the other one <laughs> sorry <laughs> that she makes me laugh thing. sorry but yeah that's yeah it's just so brilliantly made just the animation of like the old clips and just some new animation yeah but they're in like the monkey outfits yeah and when they keep cutting to the band and first they're in the suits and then they're in the the rainbow room and then they're in the head outfits it's like incredible and then there's that part where they're kind of shifting near i think it's in the third second or third time through the bridge and they're they're shifting from album cover to album cover yeah like that is position. awesome that is awesome so cool it's it's such a good video. I'm I'm bummed I wasn't a part of it <laughs> because it's such a cool animation style, and I'm like, man, I could have done something cool too. But <laughs> but going through the album covers is a a really great touch. It was almost like this song was really really pushed to the OG Monkey fan. <laughs> oh yeah, well, kind it, of the, the, for them. <laughs> yeah, and because of the animation style, they could do anything and go through all the eras. And do all those uh, album covers and stuff, and it and it works so well within itself. And when they do the thing at the end with the four faces, like at the very end of the the closing credits, yep. and like is like that kind of like the lens flare type thing that was just really bright for a second. Then you see it's like some of the episodes did, like yep, the, the weird filmy quality of it. Oh my god! Yeah, it's fantastic. It's a great song. I feel it's in a great spot. On the countdown here at fourteen, and yeah, it's written. We got awesome. props to Andy Partridge from XTC. Yeah, who wrote this tune? And again, another song written for the monkeys, not written for the time of the album. Yeah, like 
so many cool music people who were fans of the monkeys got to contribute to a monkeys album yeah and like that's what made good times like it's part tribute album part like missing links deep cuts thing and also like an honest to god monkeys album yep exactly it's fantastic love it so now is that a wrap on good times yes that is true as well Ooh. that was my last note on it that said rap gt i'm like what does rap gt mean oh <laughs> yeah so we, thanks, thanks thanks for solving that mystery paco no worries no worries why well, i'm here uh, but it, we're getting down to the nits and grits if we're closing out albums left and right you know it and uh we're Getting to one from an album we haven't got too far into yet. We've talked about a couple of the tunes, and we're about to talk about a whole lot more of them. <laughs> Can you dig it? <laughs> <laughs> Can you dig it? Do you know? Yes, guy. Number 13, can you dig it? Question mark. And it's kind of crazy that we're like, oh, yeah, we're, we've played a couple songs off this album, and we're at number 13 out of 137. <laughs> it's just like, okay, so which, which album's our favorite? Well, it's, it's, it's not that many tunes on the album it's itself, true. but it is telling that we still have the majority of the album to talk about. And, yeah. It's it's such a great song in head where it's used and it's in that such a weird dreamlike sequence with like the belly dancers mm-hmm. and like they're all like wearing pretty much nothing dancing around <laughs> the dudes who are huffing on hookahs and stuff. Remember there was an episode of the show where there's like a belly yeah. dancer scene and I bet they took each other aside later and said, "Guys, if we get to do a movie, I don't care what the context is. We're gonna have a scene like this. We can hang around with these chicks all day." Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like the song's got that Eastern vibe to it, and it's uh, pretty interesting musically as mm. well. It's the frantic, uh, the finger picking guitar, and uh, a lot going on. Neat beats, a plane flying overhead. It sounds like at some point. Yeah. In the, in the version we have on the playlist that you found, the video there, mm-hmm. there's a part where, like, Davey is kissing this girl, like, forever. <laughs> and in the background, there's, like, an out-of-focus Peter just, like, sitting there by himself. He's <laughs> trying not to notice. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I thought that's a cool version of this because of all this kind of outtake footage from that scene. And also, it's the Peter sung version of it. Yeah. Which I think appears on... Uh, something else it sounded hearing peter sing it sounds familiar maybe on like the the special first uh remaster cd or something i don't know yeah perhaps yeah because uh, and then <laughs> mickey is wailing away on the hookah at the end just, <laughs> and peter's lighting it up for him that's why stuff. he couldn't sing a, it he's like yeah take this one pete i can't and uh i wonder where i wonder how come mike didn't show up to this one good question because why wouldn't you uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh one thing, uh, Tony Basil is one of the belly dancers in Head. Oh, yeah? Which I did not know. I didn't know that either. Well, she also dances with uh, Davey. Exactly. And the, the daddy. So she's all over this movie. Yeah, she's multiple roles. Hopefully she got paid twice. But no. <laughs> would you like to, uh, I'm not sure we'll get many more chances to do it, Paco. So uh, would you like to do a, a brief, <laughs> here's, here's Michael Nesmith explaining why he was not on the scene. When they shot the belly dancing video. Oh. Nez, 
Man, I got a wife and kid at home. I can't be sitting around smoking hookahs with belly. Are you crazy? <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Nez. That clarifies everything. Much appreciated. <laughs> Michael you. Nesbeth, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Yes, I, I do feel that would be the reason. That's the only reason. <laughs> you miss that day at work. It's just like, I don't want to come home to this. <laughs> I'm just going to forfeit <laughs> and not do it. <laughs> uh. That's Can You Dig It, number 13 here at Podcast Valley Sunday. Yes, and oddly enough, after 13, we've got number 12. Get out. With a banger, absolute banger. I love you better. Nah, man, I love you better, man. <laughs> I love you better, man. I once went with a belly dancing, love duty out day. Once around, I didn't stand a chance, love duty out day. So this is one of the first songs we pulled from the hat that blew me away because I hadn't heard it in such a long time. It was just kind of like in the ether of my brain. And then when we heard it, it became a fully formed thought that I could not shake. <laughs> it is because it is one of the tunes like it's near the end of the box set for obvious reasons. On yeah. The blue mic disc that did not get as much play as the green Peter disc which was headquarters in Pack and Jay era, yeah. or the Yellow Mickey disc, which was Birds and the Bees and, you know, the post-Peter era. So we didn't really reach for this too much. I never owned a copy of Changes itself. Did you get the CD when it came out? Or uh, I know, what, I think you had some version of it. I don't know if you had a tape. No, I think something. I had like one of the Rhino re-releases with the yellow uh, spine. Yeah. I think yeah, I had okay. it on that. Yeah, so like we didn't hear it a ton, but just to um, <laughs> to be sort of like kind of just getting into this project and just to pull this out and sort of listen to it on its own because we knew getting into this there would be things we got excited about, things we'd discover and things we'd rediscover, rediscover for the first time. Yeah, and this is like a big example of that. One hundred percent. This made it. This got me really excited for what the wool hat was going to be to the show. <laughs> Because it was like, oh, man, there's going to be some gems that I forgot about if we pulled this one already. Yeah, man. And I, it reintroduced us to the changes bass, which is something yeah. that carries this song to another level. And like yeah. the minimalistic guitar solo and the hand claps. <laughs> are just freaking perfect. And and I also I said this when we pulled it the first time, but uh, I love that Mickey thinks he was with Miss November. Think I went with Miss November. Like you can't quite recall. Like a highlight of anyone else's love life is something Mickey Dolenz isn't even sure of. Just the, an afterthought in the last verse. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I think I was with Miss November, but oh whatever, who cares? I was with a million of hot chicks. It's just like what the hell? What a line that is. What a line. Exactly. And that's just—they still had the swagger. They still had the, the the monkey kind of bravado, and it was it was still there. And it's and it's but like you said, that changes bass played by Chuck Rainey, who is a session monster. He's on Asia by Steely Dan, and um, it's he's a, incredible. And like, kind of comes full circle the whole Monkeys project because the songs are just 
Mickey and Davey singing over studio musicians, mm-hmm. just like it was in the Davey record, and like for a lot of the first couple albums. Yeah, and a, a cool thing with this is it kind of is it's like you say it was like the monkeys doing the monkeys thing, but it was also this new direction for them, like more of like a swinging. Yeah. More, like inst- bubble, it's like a bubblegum funk. Kind of, yeah, yeah, funklegum. Funklegum, damn. <laughs> and like, and it, it's it's awesome. It's like they're paying more attention to the music being played, and that's why it's got this kind of grabs you harder than the early stuff. I think. Yeah. But yeah, maybe some of the pressure's off. Yeah, true. About being the monkeys and kind of having. Yeah. No one's expecting them to do anything, so they can kind of do what sounds good, feels good, do what they want. I think they also felt more like musicians at this point than actors yeah. because they're far removed from like everything the at this show point. Was, well, Shows it, like it was, the show was like two whole years ago, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or, or less. This is, this is nineteen seventy, and the show went off in sixty-eight, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think when you're young like that too, like two years feels like a long time. Just from this perspective, like as a Monkees fan looking at the whole thing, it feels like a decade went by. But is this whole all this shit happened in less than like four years? Yeah, well, it's like the Beatles, man. The Beatles were a band for eight years, popular for six, like being together, <laughs> and then they're That's gone. Nice. And it's like, look at everything they did in those six years. Six years. <laughs> it is insane. It's there's nuts. there's a serious channel dedicated to them. Yeah, exactly. That's how serious it is. But anyway, you're not going to believe this, but that'll be an album wrap on old changes. Boom. That's a great one to go out on, though. Congratulations on beating out more of the monkeys changes. Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, this, it's hard to believe this was this hung in there near the top of the charts for this, pretty much this whole project. Yeah. When did we pull this song? It was episode seven. So, like, we did four episodes on that first Saturday, four on the Sunday. Yep. And this was the second last episode of the day. Crazy. I remember kind of standing in the, your studio there. Just having that, we were standing there listening to it. We weren't sitting. We were, like, standing and, like, super excited to be listening to this, too. Yeah. And so then that brings us now to the last song of the day, number 11. Ooh. We are talking a classic, awesome, wicked awesome tune, Tapioca Tundra. It's a knockout to go out on, man. Man, crazy. What a song. Like, opening with the whistling and the countdown and the trippy echoed vocals. Like, it just lays the vibe out and then switches the vibe up on you. It becomes like a little shuffle. Mm-hmm. And it's so perfect. Yeah, like a jangly, upbeat little jam. And off you go. For real. It is a Mike Nesmith number from Birds and the Bees and the Monkeys with serious deep cut vibes. A great, great Mike song, not only sung by, but written by, like you said. And, uh, and of, obviously, and of one course, of our the favorites. title he never mentions. Yep, classic Nez. And, like, <laughs> what I would like is the acoustic strumming always gives, like, a percussive feel to it. Like, it's really, he's really digging in on that guitar. For real. 
Like every every instrument sounds like a drum on this thing. Yeah, for real. And a great thing with it was when uh, we saw the Mike and Mickey show, and it's also on the live album for the Mike and Mickey tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has like a really swinging vibe to it. He, he switches it right yes. up. Yeah. And it fits like, perfectly. I think he did something similar back in like 2012. It was like a different kind of farewell tour. I think he Skyped in yeah. to do a song with the audience like at the last show. And I think he did kind of like a sing-along version of this, like kind of swingy and quieter to, so the crowd could participate. I think I saw some of that online, but that was like several farewells ago. Yeah. <laughs> and also the, the version that's on the Podcast Valley Sunday YouTube playlist is just mm-hmm. Mike and acoustic guitar. And apparently, going by the the comments there, it was used in uh, Better Call Saul at a moment. Yes, sir. And people were pretty stoked to hear it in that, for sure. And that's just the monkey showing up again, like a deep cut. Yep. Showing up as a cool pop culture dude happens to be into cool monkey songs. Yeah. And also, going back to Going Down, it was on a Breaking Bad episode. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I think you mentioned that before. Yeah, but yeah. I haven't got to that one yet. No, yeah, it's I like I haven't watched a ton of Breaking Bad. It's 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 a shame. It's it's a cool like one-off episode. I think it's called The Fly or something like that. But yeah, it's in there, uh, and it's like holy man. This is, when I heard it, I was like trying to tell everybody, "This is the monkeys. This is the monkeys right here. This is the monkeys," because <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool to hear them and things like that. <laughs> For real. But yeah. So anyway, going back to Tapioca Tundra, one yeah. of my favorites. When I first heard it, I was just like, "Holy yeah. man, this is a great, great song." And this is the one of the ones on the box set on the Mickey disc where like I'm just kinda listening through the songs the day I got it and I hear this and it's like, Whoa, it's far out and this box set's gonna be full of cool stuff and wow, the monkeys are cool. And it just Yeah. It was just a big moment just hearing the song for the first time. Yeah, that was the first time I heard it as well, was on the box set when you brought it up north when I was on vacation, you brought it with you and we listened <laughs> to it and I was like heard this song. Because remember, I made a tape of my favorite songs from it, right? I think right away, like that weekend, and then I taped yeah. the whole box set. <laughs> but yeah, so good. That'd be a tight best of. You still got that? Probably, probably. <laughs> <laughs> it appears Tapioca Tundra is our favorite song of Birds and the Bees and the Monkeys because that there's a series rap on Birds and the Bees and the Monkeys. Crazy! A lot of series raps in the top twenty. Well, you know, got to make room for the head soundtrack, I guess. I guess so, yeah. That's all top ten is. <laughs> just, <laughs> just the head soundtrack. <laughs> number nine, Gravy. But number five is Frank Zappa saying that song was pretty white. <laughs> all right, cool cats. Well, come back for our, our last episode of Podcast oh. Valley Sunday Randomatic Countdown. Oh, unbelievable, man. And just peeking ahead, man, I I love all these goddamn songs coming up. That's good, because it is the top ten. We can't have any stinkers <laughs> in, in the end No here. secret stinkers next time, folks. Yeah. <laughs> all right, cool cats. We hope to see you for the top ten monkey songs. Hold on to your hats. <laughs> so, from me, Paco. And me, Jeff. Have yourselves a monkey's little evening. Thank you. Bye-bye.